<laughs> Take one. Almost. Ready for it? Get ready. Okay. Okay. Okay, here we go. Ready? Ready? Hot leather pants and my man's shirts are burning. I see it around. Come on, Christine, don't leave me hanging. Trying to flex like a human, but the air is so full of acid rain. Sexy strangers are saying... What did they say? Say it, Christine. Well, motherfucker, clean my shoes. <laughs> it's too comfort. The stain on this patent leather is giving me the blues. Uh, chorus is coming. It's the sleazy, greasy summer. Leaving me here with Frank Stallone. It's the sleazy, greasy summer. Now you're gone. You're gone. You're gone. Alone. The background music is doing a great job. You think so? Get ready, get ready, we're going again. Atlantis is crowded. My friends my are away. Friends. I'm on my own. You take this one, Christine. It's too hot to handle, so I gotta get up and go. Yeah, feel it. Chorus, here we go. It's a sleazy. Greasy summer, leaving me here with Jackie Stallone. It's a sleepy, <laughs> greasy summer. Now you're gone, you're gone, you're gone. Low moan. I, I, I get a little carried away. Leaving me here with Sly Stallone. It's a sleazy. Greasy summer. Now you're gone. You're gone. You're gone. You're gone. You want to give it one last riff? Oh boy. Hello. I'm using my extra sleazy voice today. That's your regular voice. That's my. That's actually my um. My my fancy going out voice. Your morning DJ voice. This is my morning DJ in the house. Is that what they say? Yeah, it's Emily and the douche. Rocking your world since 19-something-something. <laughs> yeah, I I don't think I should DJ. I, I, no, I think it you've seemed got like a good idea. I don't... I need to work on my nickname. I need to work on my neon. It's, uh, you know, it's, it's a whole art in itself. And I don't know if I'm sleazy enough for it, Christine. Are you? Yes. You are. Yeah, no, you definitely are. <laughs> uh, I am Emily. That is Christine. That's Christine, me. now, what, what do we call ourselves? The Feminine Critique? That's, so far as I know, yes, that is right. correct. Uh, this is uh, episode 57, as in 57 spices of goodness. Is that a thing? Uh, Heinz 57, right? It's 57 nice. ingredients, 57 types of tomatoes, something. I don't know. It seemed like a good number. <laughs> 57 types of tomatoes. <laughs> That's what I used to think it is. Is it not that? It's 57 ingredients? It they don't have Maybe enough room it... on the label for that. Maybe it's ingredients, but I don't think it's... But never oh, mind. Now we We're, off. We're really getting off. We are. We target. haven't even introduced the whole, not just the episode, but the theme 
if you will. Now, this is a very special episode, uh, yes. not because we're special in any way today, uh, but because this is a part of a, what would you call it, potathon? Yeah, like a place where people get together and like watch a, movies. Like a pod pub, <laughs> if you will. Yeah, a pod collective. Pod collective. I like that. Oh, um... A, 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 what do they call it? Like a, a one singular brain. There's a word that plays on, on pod with that. Like a pod hub. People. A pod hub. No, that's not a plan words. I am not sharp tonight. I don't know what it is. Um, it was oh, called that yeah. bananarama. That'll rot your brain. Um, but it, it, the theme of the many podcasts that are hubbing around is. What? This is your cue. What is the theme of like what we're all doing here? Oh, like sleazy stuff. Sleazy. Sleazy summer. Like, like uh, dirty, gross, sexy. boring movies. So you say dirty, gross, boring. I say dirty, gross, sexy, maybe boring. Maybe. Uh, <laughs> and really Italian. Well, in one case. And really European, maybe in the other. No, I think mine was Italian. I don't know. Who can, you, who can even say it? Who point? can say? Well, I can tell you some people who can say. Some of the other podcasts that are joining in this sleazathon. So for those who don't know how yeah. it worked, um, the Gentleman's Guide to Midnight Cinema, who may be classified as uh, um, uh, founding fathers of a sort. Like if you did a Rush the Mount Rushmore. famous men in genre film podcasting. In genre film podcasting. I like that. If you were to do a Mount Rushmore uh made out of um podcast sound waves their sound waves are definitely on there and so uh will and sammy decided to uh rally some of the masses and celebrate summer with the only way they know how which is by having a bunch of podcasts pick the sleaziest movies they could for each other to cover and talk about Mm. um i am a terrible human being because i don't have the list in front of me of, of everybody participating but i think i remember so you have the gentleman's guide to midnight cinema covering a few movies you have married with clickers who deserve special credit because i think they were the first ones to put out an episode and to tackle the song that you just heard mm-hmm. um now for those of you who are wondering about the um recording artists who did the song that you just heard and you're like whoa who are they? Where can I buy a single? Uh, can I go to a Sam Goody and, and find one of what I just heard? Those um, still exist. Oh, oh my God. That was the weirdest thing. We were watching something the other day. Uh, was it a murder she wrote? No, it was, um. well, I'll get to it. We were watching a movie that was made in the 90s and they were in a CD store and it was the weirdest thing to remember when that was a thing. Yeah. Um, but so you've got Married Clickers who, yes, so the theme song, um, that is a song that every podcast has been taxed with um, singing their own version of. We hired outside help for it, right? Yeah, I just showed up. What's uh, going oh, on? I, I, I hired a sound double for me. I small. I found. I paid a small um, urchin. Yeah, I, I I used the guy, um, uh, not Millie, but Vanilli. Mm, nice choice. Line. Yeah. Um. So you got married with clickers. You've got, I believe, Amicus. You've got Cult of Muscle, who are doing one of my picks, which is very exciting. Um. You've got Silver and Gold. Um. You have to do we who? Oh, oh. Uh. The Trashy Trio. Mm-hmm. Um, something else, maybe. I don't know, and I'm I'm not fast today, so 
We will give another recap at the very end of the episode, telling you all the different podcasts that you should listen to. I know the film I picked is going to be covered by Cult of Muscle. The film I picked was Patrick Still Lives, which was the Italian sequel to the Australian movie Patrick that has nothing to do with it and is 80 times more sleazy. So Mm -hmm. Um, Sounds good. And the movie you picked, do you remember who's uh, covering yours? I have no idea, but I'm sorry. <laughs> well, are you going to be as sorry as the No, no one's as sorry movies? as me. <laughs> I think I mean, no, I've seen a few of the other movies that are on the docket. Um yeah. I believe Silva and Gold is going to be covering Blood Games, which is the uh women's uh softball yeah. team rape revenge film. I've only seen parts of that. Oh I've never seen it all the way through. I was kind of hoping we'd get that one. Um but at the same time like I have like written about it, so it would have been unfair, but um but like, that's advantage. a sleazy movie, but guys, Christine, tell the people what we're yeah. covering. Um, we're covering <laughs> <laughs> a movie. I have not even attempted to bring any of these up on IMDb. A movie from a year. It's really hard to find one of them on IMDb. And from a time called Afterman. Uh-huh. 1985 is the Afterman. Oh, and another one that I think is called Beyond the Darkness. Beyond the Darkness, 1979, I think, which is a Joe D'Amato joint. So when you get Joe D'Amato, you know that you better be wearing your your finest uh, pleather pants to that dinner table. Uh, we, we hit the jackpot when it comes to if, like, if you had to program one of the sleaziest shows you can think of, I think we did pretty well. Um, it was pretty sleazy, yeah. Yeah, I had to keep arguing with my husband that I was not watching porn. He kept looking over when I was watching The Aftermath, oh. and he's like, it's porn. I'm like, no, there's a story, that's, sort of. That's not porn. <laughs> For other reasons, I think. Yeah. Uh, we're going to get to those. This is this is going to be a, um, a very uh, short. I don't know why I just wanted to say porous show. Why did I say porous? It's going to be porous. Is it because we're both wearing mesh tops right now, and there yes. are many pores in those mesh tops? The definition of a mesh top would equate too many to porous. That could be it. I don't know. We're going to find out. Now, we will get to these two movies. Before we do that, like pretty much every other podcast you're probably listening to, before we do that, we like to talk a little bit about other movies we've been watching, don't we? Uh-huh. Yeah, uh-huh. I, I do like that. I, I, I enjoy it as well. And apparently many people prefer that to the film discussion. Which is um... Are, me? Are you talking about me? Oh, no, I'm saying, like, <laughs> listeners, too, have said, like, no, I really enjoy, like, the what you've yeah. been watching sometimes more than the films. Which I get, I would, because I think people are more likely to have seen some of those movies than the featured yeah. movies. And I, um, what's the thing that I was about to say? Oh, I'm, I'm so behind on every podcast I ever listen to that yeah. it's embarrassing. But back when I was an active listener, like, for The Gentleman's guy, that was for sure my favorite. Yep. Yeah, because sure. it's like a quick fire recommendation too, which I like. Mm-hmm. Uh, so why don't we uh, tell them what you've been watching? You go first, my lady. Okay, I'm pretty sure when last we spoke, had I I told you about the astronaut's wife? You did. I told you about I know what you did last summer. You did. Did I tell you about what? I'll, I, I still, still know what know you did, what you did last, last summer? summer. You did. But all of so these I don't recommend, that. by the way, for those of you wondering if but, this is your first episode. But did I also tell you about I'll Always Know What You Did Last Summer? No, is that a thing? Yeah, it's the third one. I knew at some point. Okay, I I'm still annoyed by the fact that they never adjusted it to I Know What You Did This Summer Before Last. Or, yeah, or I Still Know What You Did Two Summers Ago. 
Well, they make even less sense because the third one isn't like a sequel, but only by like idea. Like it's like somebody. So in other words, it's another murder that nobody can actually understand by the end of the movie. Correct. Mm. Somebody had heard about the original murder. Oh, the Final Destination 3'd it. But but not really, because then all of a sudden they start getting attacked, and maybe the fisherman is a monster. Okay, like, that like would almost explain more about the first movie. But you should, I mean, I think it's a mess, and I can't recommend it, but it's so strange, especially mm. if you're familiar with the first two. It really goes off the rails, and it's clear that they had, like, this abandoned, like, ski resort that in the summer like off season so they have these big beautiful sets but like it now what how do we fill them yeah kind of it was strange but um uh you know it was i got it for three dollars i think on dvd so why not i i just find it amusing because you you often don't pay for um or or legalize certain things but you bought you three dollars that's like a, a medium coffee you like that, don't you? You like what I choose to pay for. I I need my money by what you 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 you're a curveball, Miss Makepeace. You are a curveball. It was at Big Lots, and I was like, oh, I'll always know what you did last summer. Don't mind if I do. I'll always know for three dollars. Thank you much. Uh-huh. Um, but yeah, if you're ever in the mood, I think you might find interesting things about it because it's really bizarre. Okay. Okay. Um, I then watched all the Resident Evil movies. I don't know if I've seen the last one or <gasps> two. The last one's the best one. I kind of, for after a while, because once or twice I recorded them off a like sci-fi channel, and I don't even know what I'm watching at that point, because I get commercials, mm-hmm. and I fast-forward through half of the, the next scene, because I'm too lazy to go back. It's a whole thing. Now, you watch them all in order? Yes. T- tell me about that experience. Tell me. Well, it's a real roller coaster ride. The first mm. one's always as good as I remember. I love the first one. Better at some people res- that don't. Re- regards, I love that movie. The second one is 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 is, is a disappointment, and mm-hmm. it's hard to concentrate, that's, and that's I can't I feel. deal with it. The third one, not as good as I remember. Mm. Really remember liking the third one. Um, it's ex- it's Resident Evil, Apocalypse, Extinction, Afterlife, Retribution. Oh, so see, apoc- all those titles, but how can you know what any of those titles mean? None of them mean same. anything to me. Yeah. Uh, Apocalypse is when they're in the city. Okay, that's part two. I remember that with one. With Jill Valentine. Uh-huh. Extinction is when they're in the desert. I remember that one because I think Allie I saw Lauder. that in the theater with Erica. So Allie Lauder is good in it, but it's really not that great. And I remember really liking it, which was a disappointment. Now, Afterlife is four, and Afterlife is the one where she takes a plane into a city, and then they're in a prison, and then they end up on a boat. Are there a bunch of, of Mila Jovovich's in that one? Probably. the next one? Ooh, or was that part three? All of the above. Oh, God. And then the fifth one, which is Retribution, is really good because that's when you get the clones and Michelle Rodriguez comes back. Okay. So it's worth it just to get to that one. It is very pacey. It is very funny. It is very good. I wonder if she um, has the record for character... Or actor most likely to come back from the dead in sequels. Maybe. In long-running franchises. Long, there's a lot of things there. I can think there. of two. Yeah, I like that one. 
Okay. So, do I need to have seen four to see that one? Because I can't remember if I saw kind four. Of. They start, kind of. I, I think kind I of. might have watched four and been really bored. Four Could I have been really bored watching four? Now, see, the thing with four is four is really boring, but there are a few really interesting gags in it. Okay. Um, Allie Larder's in that one again, and so is, fuck, what is his name? Um, Winston Churchill. That's not his name. What? His name's Wentworth Miller. Okay. Uh, Prison yeah. Break. I saw that one and I remembered nothing of it because I remember it being boring. It, four is a real weird one. Um, but there's... And then characters start dying and you forget when they actually died. But like, oh, that guy's dead? When did that happen? Yeah, this is kind of sounding like Pretty Little Liars now as you're talking it, about it. It's, but like, to get to that last one, I, I remember loving it. And then when we rewatched it, I was like, I wonder if I'm going to hate this. Mm. And... um I didn't. Okay, good to know. So, yeah. All right. Um, we watched a movie called Twisted. I feel like I've seen this on Netflix. Netflix? Yeah. Okay, it's Netflix. tell me. It's got Al Pacino is his name. Oh, that's an name Andy of a Garcia. No, it's oh, Andy. they're the same guy. I'm just completely matter. wrong. And Sam Jackson. Or Anthony LaPaglia. It's all the same. And what's that lady's name? Ellen Ashley Barton. Judd, thank you, thank oh, you, yeah, love of course, of course. Ashley Judd is in it. It makes no sense. It's confusing. It's like a psychological thriller. Mm. It, I hated it. Okay, so don't watch that. I won't. Um, we watched What Hot American Summer. Yeah, the series or the movie? The movie. Okay, you had seen it before. I had, but I didn't remember it. Wow. So we watched it again because I didn't feel equipped to start watching the series. That is fair. I then watched... I didn't watch much. Oh, wait, no. I have something to complain about. I saw uh, Mission Impossible Rogue Nation in the theater. Oh, and you're going to complain about it. Oh, God, it was awful. Really? I don't understand the people that like this. I I hate to be judgmental. (laughs) But if you liked it, you're a sack of shit. I just don't... I don't get it. It was so strange and really sexist and really boring and kind of goofy, but not in a good way. And I really think Alec Baldwin is now always Jack Donaghy. Like, I yeah. think I think 30 Rock literally broke him. Yeah, no, I would agree. I have not been able to take him seriously in anything since then. It's like, it, there was a point where the entire theater was laughing. <laughs> and they weren't supposed was, to be? No, he was delivering very overwritten dialogue in a very funny way. <laughs> nice. Um, but yeah, I watched that in the theater. And then, it's not a Netflix instant recommend, but it is a high recommend. Um, I watched Unfriended. I have heard exciting things it about this. It is so good. Okay, I believe you. I've, I've, I'm very intrigued because a lot of, a lot of people who are all, whose opinions always seem to kind of be meh on new stuff have <laughs> actually spoken highly of it. It's really good. It's really interesting. It's very much a millennial teenage. Okay. Like, like I could see somebody saying like, "Well, I just don't get it." Yeah. But, but like. Yeah. Like, I use my phone. Mm-hmm. Okay. We're using Skype right now. But, dude, yeah. This Skype could be haunted by the vengeful ghost oh, of some nervous. dead girl. Well, I always kind of expected that. But it's cool. It's tense in good ways. It does interesting things. It moves along swiftly. So. I can't remember. Did we ever? Did you ever watch Megan is Missing? No. Okay. I loved it. And it was in a, is a similar, like, where... Um, you have to kind of like keep swallowing and be like, oh my God, these are 14 year old girls and all they do is go on video chat and I hate them. Mm -hmm. But once you kind of lock into it, it's really, really good. 
and yeah. done in a way where it's great performances from these young actors and it's really horrifying and actually really upsetting and I'm recommending it but it's a really upsetting movie that will depress mm. you um, that's you interesting you should definitely okay. and anybody that liked Unfriended which I haven't seen yet but I assume I feel like Megan is Missing didn't get the attention that it deserved so yeah um okay I'll make note of it yeah yeah well that's me that's my list that's me man right here. I was able to get through five of them relatively quick <laughs> I have a pretty quick list too and I don't remember why part of it is I've also been watching the Wet Hot American Summer series mm-hmm. um which I've been enjoying actually I finished it just before and I was very sad to finish it because I, I didn't want to let go um Although, if somebody can tell me, was there anything in the end credits after the very last episode? Because my Netflix does that thing where it automatically goes to the next <gasps> thing. And yeah. I haven't figured out how to not make it do that. And Brandon keeps saying it's easy and he presses a button. But whenever I press the button, it doesn't work. So doesn't I, work for you. Yeah, I don't know if there was anything after the end credits. I need to look that up. But um, I love the series. I love I love the film. I'm, I don't like to brag about this. Of course I do. But I was one of the, like, 45 people that saw the original film in the theaters in 2001 that is pretty impressive right right i mean you can all touch me if you want you can't really because i'm podcasting but like if you need a piece of that i'm just saying i need a piece of that always uh but um and i I love the series to me is just i'm very impressed by how they managed to recapture that magic Uh, all right and then the movies i've been watching um i watched an odd little movie called the navigator a medieval odyssey not Flight of the Navigator. Not Flight of the Navigator. Uh, this was... I, this movie I um, found... I was listening to the Projection Booths episode on Alien 3, which is a mm-hmm. really great listen if nobody, if you haven't listened to it, folks. We covered Alien 3 maybe a year ago. We um, did. We did. But we didn't, like, interview Lance Henriksen because we're not fancy like that. Uh, but the Projection uh, Booths I, I did. Think it's, I think it's that we're lazy. Well, that too, yeah. Um, so their episode was great. And one of the things that, um, Mike White did was interview Vincent Ward, who was the first person that was supposed to direct Alien 3. Uh, anybody that knows anything about that movie knows it went through a lot of production woes. But, uh, Vincent Ward also did What Dreams May Come. And listening to the interview made me want to track down this movie that got him the Alien 3 job, which he then was taken away from him. Uh, The Navigator. So this is a, I really want you to watch this. Okay. Um, this is really... Was it easy to find? Uh, I, I, I got it from my library. What? Nerd. Yeah. I think it is. The DVD is out there, but it's not on instant anywhere. Yeah. Um, this is a movie set in, like, medieval times. Uh, not the restaurant, but the actual times. <laughs> where there's a plague going around, and there's, like, a young boy who's kind of a prophet who, um, d- along with, like, the townsmen... They decide they have to go bring this piece to a church, but they end up in a somehow in a portal where all of a sudden they're in modern times. Mm-hmm. And so it's these like medieval guys in the middle of like these busy streets and like trying to make sense of it. It it was really good, really unusual. Reminded me of in spirit of a Terry Gilliam movie, except not annoying. Mm-hmm. Um, anybody who knows me, I'm not the biggest Terry Gilliam fan, but it had that me kind neither, of like what's that? Me neither, lady. Yeah, I mean, uh, hey, not. that's why we're pals here. Uh, it has that sort of, like, manic uh, energy about it, but it was a little more focused. Um, and it was just a strange one, and I have never heard it talked about before, it, and I'm glad I sought it out, so I recommend it. 
Um, I watched this movie. I don't know if you've ever heard of it. Um, it's recent, um, but, you know, uh, it was Guardians of the Galaxy? Guardians of who now? Exactly. Yeah, I know. Everybody has seen this movie two years ago. Blah, what if blah, who? And Groot yeah. and Raccoon and stuff. There's um, a ra- there is a raccoon in it. There's I, don't a raccoon. Think he, I don't think he likes being called a raccoon, but yes. Oh, wait. Can you say that again? Raccoon? Oh, you say it cute. Yeah, you know where um, Resident Evil takes place? Raccoon City. <laughs> oh, oh, that's adorable. Oh, me. Oh, I'm, my. I'm affecting that. That's oh, not really no. how I say it. Uh, so I hadn't seen it. I finally did. It was enjoyable as hell. Uh, I love James Gunn. I have enjoyed everything I've seen of his. Yeah. And this just, it had, um, what was interesting was watching it. I'm like, you know, this could have been 45 minutes longer and I wouldn't have minded. Yeah. Like, I could have had more of everything. Uh, and I think that in itself is a really um, powerful thing to say about a film. Um, I like Yeah. Then I watched a movie that didn't have to be as long as it was. Oh, no. So, okay. Like any, like, film fan... I like to try to, you know, see all the big directors and all those big Hallmark films and everything. Mm-hmm. And I realize there is a director that everybody talks about and because he's <gasps> like the best Russian director what? of all time. Bob, are you going to drop right now? Uh, okay, so I finally decided to watch a Tarkovsky movie. Oof. What'd you go with? The Mirror? Oh, I don't think I've seen that. Yeah, Hold so on. this one, I, I watched it pri- probably because it was a long way to Netflix, so I always put those at the top of my 1975? queue. 1975? Yeah, yeah. Okay. So this came in the mail, and I'm like, okay, okay, great, I'll watch this. Three weeks go by, I'm like, oh, crap, I gotta watch this. I haven't been sitting on this Netflix just forever. And, of course, like, I don't find the right time, so it's like a Thursday night, um... And, like, I've had a long day at work, but I'm like, you know what? No, I really have to watch this. I'm not going to. I'm going away this weekend. I need to watch it. And it, it's good. It is it it is good. Like, it's experimental, and it flows and does some weird shit and stuff. Um, but it was just one of those, like, I'm not in the mood for this. I'm, I might never be in the mood for this, and I, I feel wrong watching it but i'll feel worse if i don't watch it kind of thing yeah it um the synopsis on imdb makes me um not ever want to see it oh you know what yeah on the gentleman's guide page i put because the netflix dvd synopsis to me was the most pretentious thing i'd ever read in my life yeah i would say so yeah and because it's like this whole thing about like you know telling a film through poetry and blah blah and you'll have to see it most people will not get everything you'll be will reward itself in multiple viewings. And I'm sorry, it read like the most the most pretentious paragraph ever. And I posted that in the Gentleman's Guide group, and a couple people were, were like, yeah, yeah, that is. And other people were like, I don't think that sounds pretentious at all. Well, it did. Oh, she's coming out swinging. I know, it made me, made me feel all, you know, like, fine, maybe I'm just going to instead watch the next movie I'll talk about, which was called... Deadly Ambition, a.k.a. Tracks of a Killer. This on is on Amazon Prime. This it was a sexy thriller. I know. Yeah, th- this, is, this is more my speed. This um, is the person I love. Yeah, this continued. Amazon Prime is... I mean, I've been talking about finding my, like, 90s sleazy movies, and Amazon Prime's got them for me. So this starred Kelly LeBrock uh, and <laughs> James Brolin. So, the setup of this movie is great. Let me tell you. Guys, this movie is so much better than The Mirror. Okay. So, um, James Brolin is, like, the big CEO of a company. And his, like, next underneath him is this, like, blonde, really deadly ambitious guy who wants his job, who wants to be CEO. 
And so James Brolin uh, announces that he's got his contract renewed for five years. And that for his and Kelly LeBrock's anniversary, they are going to go to this like cabin to go skiing and they're bringing along the deadly ambitious wannabe CEO and his girlfriend. Which, first of all, like, my anniversary is coming up. We're going to go away for a weekend. We're excited. Would I bring, like, a coworker yeah. on my anniversary trip? No. That's one. Brandon thing. actually invited me. Well, yeah, but that's because we don't work together. If we work together, it'd be different. Oh, uh, so they go to this cabin. And the whole thing, it's like, James Brolin is such a dick to this guy. Because he's, this guy clearly is just, like, feels like he's due for this job. And James Brolin's just, like, milking it out. Even though he's actually going to retire, but he wants to first test him. So, like, they motherfucking play Monopoly. Can you imagine? You're on vacation and you have to play Monopoly with your boss. It's not right. Um, so... I think this all sounds fun and normal. Well, it it takes a deadly turn, Christine. When, um, wannabe CEO guy basically, like, snaps, um, and then, like, tries to kill... Like, he kind of... Basically, he tries to kill Kelly LeBrock for, like, the next hour of the movie. Oh, um, fun. It's wonderful, and I So really it's a, a, a game of cat and mouse? You can call it that. She has broken ribs. There's, oh, there's insulin, because apparently one of the characters is diabetic, although they don't set that up well, but it's important to know that at any point, somebody could stab you with insulin. Cool. That's a major plot point. Um, so, Amazon Prime, I recommend it. Uh, also, watch just, I guess, just two more. Um movie I've seen before, and I know a lot of people in our community are fans, The Last Dragon, 1985. Yeah, I've seen that. Yeah, I enjoy it a lot. It took me a minute to get there, but I remember that. I was in the mood for something fun and light, and Brandon hadn't seen it, so I'm like, let's watch this tonight. It Um, is fun. And it's worth the price alone for um, William H. Macy showing up with blonde hair and a puffy coat. Mm -hmm. Uh, That, to me, is enough. And I love Vanity's Wardrobe in that movie. And this launched a discussion about how 80s fashion is actually, like, more flattering than 90s fashion. But we know that. And then, last thing, another movie that maybe you've heard of. I don't know. Maybe you haven't. Um, 1995s or 96s or, I don't sometime in the 90s, Jackie Brown. Yeah. I'd never seen Jackie Brown. Oh, what'd you think? I really enjoyed it. Oh, really? Yeah. Uh... I mean, you have, it's such a good cast, and it's not um, overly indulgent Tarantino. Mm -hmm. Um, In some ways, I might have enjoyed it more than Pulp Fiction, just because it's not trying as hard. Oh, I I enjoy it more than Pulp Fiction, but I don't really, I didn't really like it. Interesting. Yeah. What don't you like about it? I just thought it was really boring. It, I mean, it's definitely longer than it has to be. Mm. Um, but because it's, I'm, I can watch those actors do anything, I'm kind of okay with it. Yeah, it's been a really long time since I've seen mm. it. I mean, maybe if I tried it again, I might like it or feel differently. Yeah. Well, it's taken me a really long time to watch just because of the running time. Like, it is two and a half hours, and it, you know, I've never had that time to give it. But, uh, yeah, so that's what I've been watching. An Sounds pretty list. varied. Yeah, yeah, you know, I've, um, like I said, I've, I've been uh filling in time with the uh, 100 american summer and playing games on my phone because i haven't had the energy to watch stuff uh I, guys this is the same person who couldn't get through i got through the mirror i just it, it was hard yeah what are you doing that you're you have no energy are you okay i you know do you have mono <gasps> 
I, I heard mono is a really good diet. Yeah. I've always... There's, there's a lot of weight on that. Did you, did you hear that? Yeah, do you have a ghost? No, I have a cat. Oh, okay. I thought it was a ghost. <laughs> well, it could be a ghost of a cat. <gasps> could be Ghost Cat, like the movie with uh, Ellen Page. Yeah, Ghost Cat. Yeah. All right, well, we're going to take a break so that Ghost Cat can help me solve mysteries. And you want to go chronologically with uh, Beyond the Darkness first? I mean, you got to sure. continue to do things. Actually, no. Necrophilia is in both of them. Mm. So do you want fresh necrophilia or frozen necrophilia? Let's go chronologically. Okay, we're going to come back and talk about 1975's Beyond the Darkness. I misspoke. 1979's Beyond the Darkness. I can't forgive you. I'm terrible. I do not deserve the mesh miniskirt of which I wear. Mm. Christine, please, the people need to know, what is Beyond the Darkness about? Well, I just made a funny joke when we weren't recording, and I never will be able to recapture it. But what I said was... A young rich orphan loses his fiance to voodoo doll mischief. I wish it was that good. But a bump. That is what she said before. I can vouch for that. But, but seriously, folks. Um, so I guess this is about. I don't know. Is it voodoo doll mischief? I mean, I guess it well, there's is. There's like one. Well, there is one. One voodoo action, I think, in the movie. But okay, so I guess maybe that voodoo action is what. Makes everything happen. If I'm to believe this, this well, synops- the, voodoo, the voodoo action is the the instigator, if you will. Like that's okay. the the assassination of the Duke Franz Ferdinand. Well, there's there is a young rich orphan that we we established. Uh-huh. He he likes a lady. The lady ends up in the hospital, and he runs there. And his he has a weird relationship with his maid. She breastfeeds him. Um, did, did, the lady. She, there was, I didn't see milk coming out of there. Well, I mean, I guess that's what they were going for. The lady, his girlfriend lady dies. He gets her out of the ground. He puts fake eyes in her. And there's lots of other ladies that die while that's happening. He's a, he is, um, apparently, uh, he has some magnetism that none can resist. Doesn't um, matter did- if you're a jogger, if you're a maid... He looks like a doofus, so maybe they like that. Ah, uh, you know, I don't, yeah. He, I mean, he's not, 
for a moment, this reminded me of um, a much better film, Mario Bava's Honeymoon, Hatchet Honeymoon, Hatchet for Honeymoon. Any Anything you were going to say after Mario Bava and being better. <laughs> I agree with you, yes. Because uh, you have this young, good-looking, I mean, he's a good-looking guy. He's just kind of, I think because one of the first things we see him do is um, have sex with a corpse, uh, you know, a kind of... Because he's also like a taxidermist, like this is hobby, but I'm not judging. Oh yeah, there's a baboon. There is a baboon. There is a um a taxidermid baboon. Mm. So this guy, uh, so he walks around. He's he's. Do we see him like buck naked in the very beginning? I don't think we actually see him buck naked. I don't know. I thought I saw a piece of a dick, but I think it might have been a pant leg. Yeah, same difference, really. Um, but so one of my favorite lines in this movie comes very soon when he. Because he's, like, just kind of lounging around nude, uh, and his housekeeper, um, like, doesn't tell him that his dying fiancé calls him, so then he's very upset with her, but not that upset. So he runs to the hospital, she's dying. It's <laughs> a good designation to make. <laughs> she's dying, and he says, and she says to him, I want to make out with you once more before I die. I didn't know if that's really what she said. I thought I was making a funny joke. I said, oh, did she say I want to make out? And then they did. <laughs> well, you can't take credit for that one because it was the movie. Yeah. Uh, so then she dies of of voodoo, it would of seem. Of voodoo. Of kisses. Of, she gets of, attacked by kisses. Voodoo kisses. Uh, he comes home... Um, decides he's gonna dig her body up because he's a taxidermist, so why shouldn't he? We get a really long scene of him removing organs. Like, we have time. We get really long scenes in this. We get a lot of really long scenes of a lot of things. Yeah. So I he, didn't even put together the fact that he was a taxidermist and what he was doing. <laughs> I just thought he learned really quickly. I don't know. I didn't put two or two he together. He took out that Encyclopedia Britannica collection that he had in the basement and figured oh. it out. Uh, so on the way home with his girlfriend's corpse in the back, he's driving and he picks up a hitchhiker. He doesn't really pick up a hitchhiker, in fairness. She picks him up. Like, he turns around and there's a hitchhiker in the front seat. He didn't want to kill her. He did not. She made him do it. She was asking for it. Plain and simple. Yes. So, um, but, but however, I say that, but then he drives home. Like, he could have at some point been like, get out, I have to keep going. Mm -hmm. But, like, he just... Parks her home. He walks inside. He starts cutting up bodies and stuff. Yep. And so eventually she wakes up and she's like, where am I? I am in a house. What is this man doing? He is taxiderming a corpse. So then instead of just like taxiderming her, first he tortures her. Right. Yeah. He's like, does the fingernail rip off thing Ugh. as you do. Uh, then, oh, Iris is his maid's name. Um, she's all like, well, let me help you chop up that body. And then she's like, let me cook it with sauerkraut and let me eat it. And he's like, and she's like, let (laughs) me give you a hand job. And he's like, uh, that's, I mean, that's where we're going with it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, at some point, um, he picks up a runner, uh, who's, like, into him, and he's into her. Like, instantly. I didn't understand that. I liked the jogger. I guess she got hurt. Didn't really get that. Why is she coming back to him, his house? Oh, so he can rub lotion on it? Her, <laughs> like, ankle and and wrap it with an ace that's bandage? What like, that's, what, that's what runners do. Yeah. I mean, they, okay, they, yeah. they go to strangers' homes, get lotioned, and then um, start having sex on a bed with a corpse right next to them. 
Yeah, like, okay, good, good for you. Um, but the weirdest thing about this movie isn't that, um, you know, there's cannibalism and voodoo and all this stuff. It's that he has two twin beds put together in the bedroom. What's up with that? Yeah, I know. I, I didn't understand that. that really and they weren't even the same, um, like, shade of wood. Like, he's a millionaire. He's a, an, uh, not an heiress. What would you call an, an heir? What would you call a guy who's an heir? An heir? An heir. That doesn't sound right. Like, when you say heiress, there's a certain picture that comes in your mind. When I say heir, I'm not as clear. Playboy? No. He is a, a playboy? He, I think he's, he's the heir to that wealth. That's bothering me in terms of gender terms, but anyway. Um, but yeah, so like he could go to Sleepy's and buy a really nice bed. He could go to Bob's Furniture and like go to the third floor where it's yeah, really nice. But instead, he's got these two dinky beds pressed against each other. And that just uh-huh. bothered me. I don't know why that was Seems, the most bothersome it's, it's silly. thing. Maybe in this that's movie. what the very rich do. Is it? If we have any very rich listeners, we ask that first you send us money, and second that you explain why you do that, and you don't just go buy a bed. In that order, please. One eight hundred M A T T R E S. Leave off the last S for savings. If that was the issue. Um. Okay. So then, what do you do when? Your fiancé is dead and you have her body, but, um, you know, you're kind of lonely, but it's okay because you still have your housekeeper who will make you cannibal sauerkraut stew sometimes. You marry That was her, disgusting. You get, like, engaged, right? That was disgusting. The engagement? No. Or the sauerkraut? The, like, the soup or the goulash or whatever it, it was. It kind of looks like goulash, yeah. Ugh. Look, I watched this movie. I'm proving it with my knowledge of it. <laughs> That's all I have to say. Um, I can't wait till we compare. I, I want to know which one you liked more. Oh, no. I mean, I, I definitely have a favorite of the two. I don't but... think you can. Can you answer that question? Oh, I can for me. I mean, let's just say both of them had necrophilia and cannibalism. Uh, while maybe the necrophilia was done better in this movie... The cannibalism in the second movie, well, this will get there. I, I feel like I'm giving things away now about movies. Yeah, two. you wouldn't want to do that. I would be a shame. Um, so then, now, it would we would be remiss if we do not mention the disco. The disco. Oh, fuck, that broad. There, <laughs> there are so many women that get ki- killed in this movie. Like, um, I lost count. Yeah, and... Uh, but there is only one woman who has, like, the worst tan lines of ever. Yeah. Those she, lines. She is, is, that's the lady in the disco, right? The lady in the disco has, she's like, the little tiny triangles. She's going for it. She's just, like, arms spread, and she's just, like, shimmying around. And that that's a really, oh, she'd catch my eye, too. Hey. I'd look to murder her as well. Um, I, I wrote down lazy, casual disco interlude. That's kind of how I felt about it. Like, it, it was kind of the chillest disco I've seen in some time. Well, she wasn't that chill. But she, you're right. She was not chill. She kind of... You almost wonder if they, like, actually just went to a disco and were like, all right, whoever is given... Whoever catches our eye, we're going to force them into our movie. And yeah. hope that they don't have terrible tan lines. So they got... And they won on one Sometimes count. they fail. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, she discoed like a killer, but uh, had tan lines like a driller 
Well, maybe they, they, what's that one? When you look at somebody and you say with their audition, um, maybe she auditioned for the dancing and then oh. didn't, they didn't anticipate the boobs. Well, you know what? Also, tan lines used to be something that people were into. That's true. And I'm not judging anybody. I mean, you know I, what? I actually have really bad tan lines right now because I, when I get sunburned, I tend to like really get sunburned. And oh, it are takes, they that like, sexy though? Months or a really long time for that to ever go away. And sometimes it doesn't. So I'm just stuck with a giant line. If you look close enough at my wedding photos, you will see it. Okay. But anyway. All right. Well, You're thank right. you. It was mean of me to judge. No, you can judge all you want. I'm just saying people might be into it. Uh, Like people might be into Iris. I wouldn't be surprised. And I have a feeling actually if if we were to show this movie to many of our our listeners and other podcasters, I feel like if you ask them, all right, uh, what is it? Um, uh, uh, Marry, date, or kill or whatever it is. Like I think most guys would be into Iris. She cooks. So what she are our cleans. choices? Uh, okay, Iris, the corpse, or the disco lady? Uh, corpse, Iris, a disco lady. To me, I marry can... Iris, because she's going to cook kill the disco lady. You kill the disco lady? I mean, because so what are you going to do with the corpse, Christine? Oh, hello. hello. Take her on a date. That's right. Do a <laughs> disco. Uh, but, I mean, Iris is, uh, clearly, she has cared for this man her whole life and taking care of him yeah not creepy at all not creepy at all she's really happy when they get engaged and she brings him to meet her family and then he punches her in the face by That's... by that time i'm not gonna lie i was i was checking in and out a little bit yeah this for being such a bonkers movie it's also weirdly boring yeah uh, because because some of the some of the the scenes go on much forever. too long yeah and it is like it's not just oh he's cutting up a corpse. It's like nope, he is for ten minutes opening up an organ and taking the organ out, and the camera zooming in on the orbit organ, and the goblin score is repeated now because what else are they gonna do? They can only do so many synth beats when they have a twenty-minute scene of a autopsy. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's it is it, it. This was I think like ninety minutes. I don't think this was long. no. It wasn't particularly long it just felt that way yeah and it did and, and it was really the pacing uh i did like the goblin score i have to say yeah it was definitely um a noticeable grace <laughs> i think without it i think this movie would have been hard. almost unbearable probably yeah, i think so uh i mean that being said i enjoy, like this was one of those movies that was on my netflix queue mm-hmm. and i didn't even realize moved down to the saved because apparently it's not shockingly there's not like a blu-ray of this what a sin what a world we live in people um but uh it is on youtube that is how i saw it i believe that's how you saw it i saw it on some streaming thing it was available i can't remember the yeah, name of it it is out there for yeah, it wasn't it wasn't hard to find no no it wasn't which is kind of a shame like you think of how hard it was to find making mr right like we had to watch it with like 20 minutes of no no sound but this yeah. movie's out there and it's full glory for everybody to see um uh, and um we get an eyeballing we oh, end yeah. on an eyeballing because yeah. there's one thing this movie needed other than weird uh, chest tan lines. It was an eyeballing. Um, there was an eyeballing at the beginning too. Who's eyeballing? The lady. Which lady? The hitchhiker lady. 
No, the original dead girl. First dead. Oh, yeah, because he, he's got to give her new eyeballs. That won't. Yeah, guess... glass eyeballs, a.k.a. her eyes that are just open all the time. Yeah, get credit to that actress, you know? Um, I I wondered that was she maybe in every scene? Was she just in that bed the entire time they were shooting? Constantly with her eyes open. <laughs> that woman deserved an Oscar, let me tell you. What did I just watch something? Oh, I think it was a Murder Hero episode where, like, there was totally a close-up of the corpse and it blink like it didn't blink like eyes were open and closed but it like the eye twitched and it was really noticeable and it was the kind of thing that you're like oh come on executive yeah. producer uh, angela lansbury you should have said something oh well this broad now that you mention it the original girlfriend when she's dying it's like the um the monitor she's on <laughs> okay. it was was like beep 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 you know that like international yep. she's dead thing and she was like eh. Or like right. still had her going like eh, eh, eh. <laughs> You're right. I didn't write that down, but I totally remember realizing that. Yeah. And I was like, wait a second, I thought she was dead. It was why did you did um did I ever tell you about uh so about my childhood acting career? Um, did you do the voices for dub movies? Um, shockingly not. Oh, sad. Uh when we were kids we had a video camera. And we used to make a lot of movies, like me, my brothers, my sister. And we made one that I think was kind of like a zombie movie, whatnot. And um, this is, I'm, I'm getting to a point here. Uh, anyway, my, I was about nine years old, maybe, if even that. Maybe I was eight. And my character is supposed to get shot in the head. And then I'm supposed to, you know, fall down and die. But they did it where my brothers had, like, okay, cut... And then they put the, like, prosthetic on me to show a bullet hole in my head. Yeah. And we filmed it on our front stoop, of which we have, like, stone steps. So they, you know, cut to the gunshot. They're like, okay, now die. And I very carefully, it being me and me me being cautious at the time, uh, carefully, like, bent down and got in my hands and then, like, slowly laid down to show that I was dead. Uh Uh-huh. Instead of just dying... Um, and I believe as I was like laying down, I also had the line, I didn't do it. Um, and my brothers were very mad at me because I was supposed to just die because I was shot in the head. And when you're shot in the head, you're just going to die. No, you just, it's, uh, it's yeah, like, uh, I didn't do it. And so that's always what I think of when I see characters that don't die when they're supposed to is how, that after was that, my brother's school of acting. Yeah. Well, they made fun of me so much that they actually made a parody of it. Um, they made a movie called I Didn't Do It, where it was just characters getting shot or getting like stabbed and dying and then waking up and saying, I didn't do it. I'd like to see that. Yeah. Uh, those tapes, I believe, are legally my property. They're in a vault somewhere. But my point being, um, you know, we were like 11. So, you know, we didn't have Joe D'Amato telling us to be dead when the soundtrack told us to be dead. It might not even have been like the actor or the directing. It was. It could the, have been I, the editing. I think it was the dubbing. That's, like the a, person, fair, that's a fair the point. The person just kept making fucking noises. <laughs> that is a, this is a dubbed movie. Um, but yeah, I, you know, I do want to give credit to the actress that had to play dead for most of the movie because she did a pretty good job. She was not blinking. And I mean, my eyes would get very dry and I would yeah. not blink. So good on her. Right? She don't good need no her. disco. 
Uh, but that, I mean, that's so now in a sl- if you're, if somebody says like, I really want a sleazy movie. Do you recommend this one, Christine? Mm, not really. Okay. Why not? Cause it wasn't fun enough. Yeah. I could see that. There's things that are really bonkers about it, but they happen. And then there's the movie keeps like, it's like the movie is so excited or proud of itself that they happened that it just lingers on them yeah before getting to the next thing so it's like oh we're cutting up a dead body we're cutting up a dead body we're cutting up a dead body okay five more minutes of us showing you that we're cutting up a dead body i'm going to now in real time empty 16 jugs of acid into this bathtub yeah if you ever wondered how long it takes to empty 16 jugs of acid this movie tells you about 45 minutes yeah yeah and we never get back to the voodoo no there should have been more voodoo. Should have been more voodoo. So, what did the corpse come to life at the end? Did the what come the to the corpse? Because isn't she I calling? Because then the sister comes in and the other corpse. Like I got. I'm not gonna lie. I got a little confused. I yeah. I like to think I'm smart, but you as we proved with the mirror, genius. I'm not that. I'm not smart enough for movies that are made in Europe, and this is made in Europe. Oh God. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, you know, come to think of it, I meant to figure out if there was something supernatural going on, mm-hmm. other than voodoo, apparently, which was sort of going on, maybe. We don't really know. Yeah, who can say? Maybe there's a director's cut out there on Blu-ray, just waiting, waiting. Uh, all right, do you have more to say about it, or uh, should we rate it? Oh, boy, Um, I guess we should rate it. I think we covered everything. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, it's... it's... It's darkness and it's beyond it. Is it beyond the darkness, do you think? No, it's not. And I don't understand why that name is what it is. It's not even like, most of it's filmed in the daylight. Yeah. Sand. All right. So around these parts, we give a movie two grades. Um, Too much controversy, by the way. We give a movie a quality of film. You know, if you had to rate it as far as, is it a good movie? What do you give it? And then we give kind of a personal grade as far as how much did it bring to our personal lives? Uh, yes. The grades can be very similar. The grades can be wildly different. Um, you know, a movie like uh, Grind, the skateboarding movie, which is not a very good movie, but I love, would be a quality of life, nine. Quality Ten. of film, Ten. six. You know, 11, whatever. Uh, so that's just to explain to people who maybe are jumping on to the uh, potathon here. Christine, oh, would you like welcome. to go first? You want me to go first? Quality of film? Uh-huh. That was a question. That that was an answer. Quality of film? Yeah. Oh. Okay. So quality of film. Let us always remember that five is average. Yes. That being said, 4.5. Huh. Okay. Um, Why is that high or low? Oh, no, it's actually higher than I was going to go. I was going to go 3.75 for film. Oh, I mean, it was still a movie, and it kind of made sense. It kind of did, but it was, you know, it took a lot of time to do. And it kind of did, and it didn't. Like, I don't understand if there was a a ghost in the end, or a spirit, or where the voodoo was, or what Iris' relationship really was going on. So I just had a lot of questions at the end that bothered me. Oh, yeah, there were questions. Yeah. you know. Uh, Quality of life and such. For me, it's higher. For me, it's probably a five. I don't regret watching this one. I probably won't watch it again, but I feel like I will mention it and reference it. Yeah, I get. I can see that. Where are you going with your grade on that? 
4.5. That's fair. <laughs> All right, we're going to take a break and come back. And the most important thing is figuring out which movie is sleazier. I don't know if I have an answer to that. I don't have one. I'm okay. going to spoil it right now. It's going to be a good one. We're going to go back and talk about 1985's The Afterman. Who turned out the lights? It's totally black. Just keep it together. You're not going to crack. These goggles I'm wearing make everything green. I can practically fuck her without being seen. I'm creeping around in the dark with a mic. It's not a big deal, I got everything under control You'd be lucky to leave her alive with your brains intact And what about me, you dumb bitch, get me out of this hole Oh, I couldn't be smart, no, I had to be bold If it looks like I'm trembling, it's just cause I'm cold Should've shot him before he could give me his car Would you fuck me, I'd fuck me, I'd fuck me real hard She's right where I want her, there's no one to warn her She never remembers to check in her corner I'm creeping around in the dark with a I can't shoot you unless I can see you quit being a brat. I'm down here for days. You won't like me the latest addition to all of the girls you have. It wouldn't make sense. I'm too thin. All the others were fat. Hey! Get me out of this place with your dumb fucking bitch! Hold your horses. I'm trying. I can't find the switch. She was tracking a killer. Well, look who she found. Now I'm pulling the trigger, so don't turn around. This guy's pure evil right down to the core. I'm here to shape Captain because that's what I swore. She's creeping around in the dark with a maniac no more and now we travel northward of italy to belgium i think for the afterman directed by rob van eyck um now people who know me know that when it comes to movies my Probably my favorite, like, subgenre of anything is the post-apocalyptic movie, or the almost-apocalyptic mm-hmm. movie, either one. Yep. Uh, and love I, it. most excitingly, is when I, when I see or hear about a movie that I'd never heard about that falls under this umbrella, and this was the case with The Afterman. It is a post-apocalyptic movie. If you want to call it a movie. Um, it is, I guess. Yeah. Christine, why don't you uh, tell the people what happens in this movie? Um, uh, it's real. Okay, let me tell you, let me give you my understanding. I had no idea what happened until maybe 20 minutes into the movie. I'm like, okay, I guess it's, I guess we're post-apocalypse. But there's no explanation of what's going on. And I don't know if we're supposed to understand what actually went on or not. Um, I think we might. Like, was he, was he like a, um... Brendan Fraser bomb shelter guy or was he just like grew up underneath and like is he from another time or no I think okay I think that hold on to talk about this and to really think about this kind of thing like I think there's a lot of we need to infer a lot of backstory yeah like do you even want do you even care to do that because to infer what he might have been doing there, I think we need to go back and say that there was probably some kind of event that have, has now gotten us to this place. Mm-hmm. So there was something that had happened, and everybody seems to have their own, like there are the wanderers, and there are the weird people on a farm, and then there is this, the two ladies in the place, and there's just everyone in different walks of life. So I think, yeah, maybe something went down and that he was just in this bomb shelter thing. 
All right, yeah, there's something that happened that has society, the world looks okay. Crops are growing. Um, there is still chlorine to put in swimming pools, so don't worry. Those are clean. Yep. Um, there is corn being grown and carrots being grown and there are animals and everything. But there is some kind of giant breakdown of society where there is no law, there is no language, appear apparently. Uh, or oh, yeah, nobody was movie. really talking. Yeah, I, at yeah. first... Because it's there's no di- there's no dialogue in this movie. This movie there's you know moaning. There's a lot of moaning actually. Um, there's a lot of sex in this movie. Uh, but there is like about 15 minutes in when he comes upon the ladies in the swimming pool. One of them says something. I'm like, oh no, I don't think I have subtitles on this movie. But then thankfully, yeah, eventually, I yeah, I realized. Oh nope, don't worry, that was it. No actual subtitles. Um. Which have you? Did you ever see Threads, the BBC uh, nuclear war miniseries from like 1984? No. Uh, really amazing, hard to watch, um, nightmarish uh, film about what might happen if there was a nuclear bomb dropped on England. But one of the things that's that's always really affected me about it is at the very end they sort of go like, okay, ten years later, what's the world like? And the younger generation that's been born post-bomb, who have been essentially living like in medieval times, kind of like this movie, they don't have language. They kind of speak in this sort of like blah, 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 blah kind of talk. And it's just uh-huh. because there was no need for language because you didn't have the same means of communication. So, I mean, that – this was an odd, this is a really odd movie to watch, especially if you have no idea what you're watching going into it. Uh-huh. Um – because you start watching it, and you're, like, trying to piece together, okay, it's some kind of post-apocalyptic movie. But then about for about 20 minutes, you're like, no, this is just, like, a, a kind of softcore porn with sort of a lot of scenery thrown in. Because mm-hmm. for a while, you're just getting sex scene or rape scene after sex scene or rape scene, correct? It's true. It is. It does present, like, a really unsatisfying softcore porn. Yeah, oh, yeah, the the porn is, I mean, I can't speak for everybody, but I personally found it very unsatisfying. Oh, no, it was terrible. Like, the two ladies, okay, there's two, basically, there's two ladies in a pool. Like, we go from, it's almost like little vignettes. Very much, yeah. Um. So, like, dude, main dude we follow. Well, Beard first we should talk. We should talk about his first uh, sexual experience oh, in this movie. Uh, I guess. Because he's like, I'd there's a corpse. To it's frozen. Sip ahead. Yeah. And he just goes for it but they don't show all of that but they show enough of it to know i mean you know what's going on you do and it's just one of those like uh, okay okay are we getting back to that are we gonna talk no okay that's just normal i guess in this society yeah well, it's a little vignette it would seem but keep going he stumbles upon two ladies yeah after that i guess he ends up finding two broads in like this nice place it's, it's like, like a pool and there's like a sauna or something? Yeah, and there are like palm fronds and like <laughs> things are gold. Yeah. Or whatever. It's sort and, of like, like well, you know what it was? It was like if if Kyle McLaughlin's pool and showgirls survived the apocalypse. Yep. Yeah. So there's these two ladies with mm-hmm. interesting haircuts. And two interesting haircuts. one of them really likes to nibble on the other one's rib cage. And she seems to really like that too. Then I think one of them drowns. I think, well, <laughs> you're skipping over a very important detail to get there. No, 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 no. I've gotten it all. <laughs> well, there, there's a little bit of a, like, uh, you know, give and take of one goes underwater. 
And then the one that's not in water holds the other one's head underwater. And it's very difficult to tell if she means to do this or not. Um, but yeah, the one lady drowns the other lady while she is pleasuring her underwater. I Which also, that's not going to achieve anything. Like, that's frogs what I was trying to gasping. figure out. If you can't breathe, you can't be doing things that you're supposed to be doing with your mouth. Right? Nah. It didn't accomplish anything. No, and I can never understand. Yeah, the whole water stuff is very confusing. Uh, So that's a thing. We skipped over what happens to him before that. He has another experience. Oh, he gets anally raped. Yeah, well, he's like, he clearly hasn't seen living people in a really long time. So he's walking and he sees this, like, group of guys. And he's all excited. He's like, yeah, dudes. And they're like, yeah, dude. And they uh, give him a little bit of a, a deliverance moment there. So that happens. Then we get the um, holding head underwater thing happen. And again, meanwhile, Uh I'm watching this on Sunday morning and my husband just keeps looking over like, what what did they make you watch? And of course, I'm like, no. Because at a certain point, I'm like, no, "No, I I get it now. Yeah, it's fine. Uh, So the women skinny dip. So that's one vignette. Then uh, we we get the farming chapter, if you will. Yep, the farming chapter. Now the farming chapter uh, comes upon a farm. Uh, there is a farmer. The farmer has a wife, and he has a slave. Um, the farmer also has a lot of stamina. So he can he does. take his slave right in the crops and then take his wife a couple hours later at night. Uh, and he enslaves our. We need to give this guy a name. What do you want to call him? Beardy? John. John. John Beardy's fine. John McBeardy. So um, John McBeardy sort of he enslaves him by like putting a little tiny um, uh, like paperclip chain on him and locking him in a (laughs) like little tiny hut made of uh, straw, basically. Um, But he makes it very easy for John McBeardy to kill the farmer, escape. The slave girl comes with him. Uh, it's a very, I don't want you, or, but this is all done in ma dialogue as yeah. talk. Um, but then the great equalizer of all relationships, do you know what it is, Christine? I don't know. It's a very, I mean, it's, it has solved the question of battle, battle of the sexes for a very long time. Quicksand. Oh, yeah. Oh, I started yelling, Artex! Oh, that's sad. Um, yeah. See, my, my first instinct whenever I see quicksand is Koto and Poto from Beastmaster. But, mm-hmm. you know, different strokes. Um, so she saves him from very oddly placed quicksand. They fall in love, I guess. They do, I guess. They just keep on having sex. Um, then, oh, because I mean, like, it's like they just instantly, now they're just a thing. And good for them. But then a gang comes along, kidnaps her. John McBeardy finds them. Uh, they're having a party. Seem to be having a good time. Oh, yeah, this scene. I already was at, like, the monastery or whatever. Oh, no. no. You got, you're skipping over the cannibal scene. This is sort of, I mean, this is the road, but done with more sex. Yeah. Let's you know, I, I, I think I, I didn't, I think this is when this movie lost me. Um, was it when the, they were like throwing the juice on the butt and yeah, I really think that's when I checked out. Yeah. This one got like really, it, this was a really, gr- like not gross. Cause you don't actually know that they're eating people until yeah. like, it takes a while to know they're eating people. You, I'm just watching it being like, guys, use a napkin. 
Yeah. Because there's just juice everywhere. It's just like a really gross scene of people eating without silverware. Yeah. Which I just find kind of icky. But then eventually we realize, like, oh, no, and it's also human bodies. But, again, theme of the week, if you will. Now, okay. Yes. Here we go. Question. Question. I know this this is doubly hard for you because you're a vegetarian. Which would you rather eat? This feast or Iris's uh, sauerkraut hitchhiker feast? Iris's sauerkraut feast. Uh, really? Why that? Yeah. Because, I don't know, I could pretend it was something else. Hmm. Hmm. All right, I think it's because that one had more close-ups, so that one kind of seemed grosser to me. Mm-hmm. Um, but so, yeah, we get that. We get another eyeball. There were so many ties. Yeah. We got necrophilia in both. We get cannibalism in both. And we get eye poppings out. Popping eyes out. Yeah, and it's one of those, like, go get them, girls, and all the girls that were eventually going to be cannibal feast instead get to pop the guy's eyes out. Yep. Yeah. Then we get to the monastery. Okay, boy. I, I really, this I'm checking in and out at this point. Now, just, you know, things uh, calm down. Um, my favorite thing about this chapter, if you will, is that I really like imagining a post-apocalyptic world where, you know, pools are kept clean, vacuumed, and chlorinated, and monasteries have their own hot tubs. Yeah, it, it, what, what universe are we in? Like, it is very confusing. If, if I knew that, then I would feel like I would know a lot of things about life. And I don't know that. So hence, I am living beyond the darkness, if you will. You are. <laughs> to tie everything together. Uh, we get a monastery. We yeah. get a hot tub. Yeah. We get monks. We do. Now... Traditional monks of uh, of of yore. Um, aren't these monks a bit rapey? Well, then maybe they are. Yeah, I mean, they have. Well, are they, are they rapey or are they like just? I don't. Are they? They're not as rapey as the wandering gang. No, they. That was like a level of rapey that I'm not comfortable with. I mean, these guys are more like, hey, you're staying in our monastery. You're eating our food that isn't made of humans. I don't think you're enjoying our hot tub. You will pleasure me, and I will not yeah. hold your head underwater. You're just going to get passed around. So that happens to to John McBeardy, not to yes. Mrs. John McBeardy. Um, but uh, there is other things going on in this monastery, so they flee. Um, and now, I guess, final vignette is uh, the fur-clad... Uh, they don't have a pool. Oh, yeah, that lady. So, yeah, how would you describe her? She's like a fancy lady with a gun. She's a fancy lady with a gun. She has a fur coat. It's now winter, so apparently some time yeah, has passed. Yeah, we've been following along somewhat, like, season by season. You know, I didn't realize point. that until now, but you're yeah. right. Because it does. It seems like when he's first out there, it's very, like, hot, and they're in the farm, and it's sunny and everything. And then by this point, we have snow on the ground and a lady in a fur coat and matching hat uh, hunting with like an, el- I guess that's like an elephant gun or something. Like it shoots and blows up guys. Mm-hmm. It's a pretty good toy to have in the post-apocalyptic world. Uh, but you know what's an even better tool to have in a post-apocalyptic world? A piano player? Not just any piano player. And a really good one? Well, she was pretty good. But she was also wearing a mesh. That, she that was. Outfit. Right. 
Yeah, she was. Now that was classy. Like, I, you know, I, I, I don't know. I'm, I haven't uh, eaten with, dined with kings, if you will. But I feel like if I did, it would still fade in comparison to dining while a mesh-topped pianist plays. I thought you were going to say you haven't dined with kings, but that's what you would wear if you did. Well, I mean, it wouldn't be as special as that. Because especially the way they do the cut, because it's not just cut to her sitting there playing the piano. It's like close-up on the mesh top and then a zoom out to show what you're looking at. Mm-hmm. Right, so it's one of those like confusing things where you almost yeah. don't know if you're looking at him. Like you see a nipple and you're like, "What do I? Oh, it's a lady nipple, or oh, it's a man nipple." Like it's a yeah, I see what's going on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. like it, it does that. Um, <coughs> what's that movie that does that like extreme close up? Oh, like the stabilizer, right? I think that does one where it does like an extreme close up on something, and you're very confused if you're supposed to find it arousing or not. <coughs> hmm. So we get that. Um, yes. It is, it's very sexy. It, well, yeah. I mean, everybody has their own thing, but everybody would agree to that. Uh, yeah. We get um, sexy rich lady seducing John McBeardy, which is very upsetting to Lady McBeardy, who runs out, almost freezes to death, but... Uh, he runs to her, and they have a baby and a half shirt, and have. Oh my god, that baby! That half shirt. I really like that it ends with him in a half shirt. It does. Like that to me is kind of the like this this movie. It is obviously sleazy, but yet because there's a kind of this like serious undercurrent of this post-apocalyptic world, um. It's a little bit maybe less sleazy than something like Blood Games, let's say, or yeah. like some of the other ones that I think everybody's going to cover, because it has this like really heavy narrative underneath all of it of like, well, it's, you know, the apocalypse, but it ends with a half shirt, which kind of is the way any sleazy summer movie should end. It has a mesh top and it has a half shirt. Yeah. Well, uh, the half shirt was on a baby. So I no, mean, no, no, it's, 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 it's on cool. John McBeardy beard. Oh, He's got a half shirt in that final scene. My baby's wearing a half shirt, too. Well, that's possible, but... it's I don't know. <laughs> so tell me what you thought of The Afterman. I thought it was... I'm going to be a lot nicer. I can't nicer. wait to hear what, the, what this uh, uh, adjective is. I was just going to say it's incomprehensible rubbish, <laughs> but it's not awesome. I've definitely seen worse things. Fair. But I didn't I didn't I didn't but find have anything. you seen better? Really? Have you? No, never. Have you seen a better silent post apocalyptic film with um uh a a monastery of men who worship a butt? Have you? Um Okay, it's not that bad. It's not as bad as I thought it was going to be. Like, the, the, the copy that we have is very grainy and very uh, not awesome. And the, you can tell the production quality, like, the, what they had to work with is very minimal. So I really expected something awful. Right. It's not that bad, considering. <laughs> I, there are things that are, have been unwatchable. This was not unwatchable. No, I watched no the entire thing. Granted, by the time we got 
to the monastery, I was looking at my phone just as much as I was looking at this movie. Huh. Um, it was tough to concentrate on because even though there was, I guess, some semblance of a narrative, because it kept... The vignette seemed so inconsequential. Like, That's fair. The next one didn't inform the one after. Like, there, you was, know? No, there was almost no um, effect from one to the other. Like, I mean, he gets raped. Yeah. But then the next scene, he's just watching some ladies get it on. Like, yeah. right, there is very little um, weight given to what happens and what makes the next thing happen. I mean, he meets the the girl, and she ends up continuing on with him. So it doesn't. It's not like everything resets every time. And I actually did. Part of me did think it was cool that there were these these unconnected mm. little pe- like slices of life, all while following like a year. Like the seasons right, are changing, right. and and I did like that. But I don't know. It just it was a little too messy for me. Well, it's it's this weird hybrid. And it took me a while to to figure out that's what I was watching because, I mean, for the first, like, half hour, you get kind of – and again, it's, it opens with kind of a hinted necrophilia. Yeah. So you're like, okay, I, I see what kind of movie I'm watching. But then, like, about by 30 minutes into it, when I've seen this kind of lack of narrative and this sort of, um, you know, take on this alternate future, I'm like, this is, this is an art film slash – um, exploitation film mm-hmm. because it's if you wanted to make an exploitation film about the post-apocalyptic world you make um, what the new gladiators or escape from the Bronx like especially in Europe in the 80s like yeah there were ways you could have had a lot more fun with it and this movie isn't having fun this movie is and I don't know that it's saying anything it might be trying to say something about humanity but it didn't have to approach the material this way if all it really needed to do was show a bunch of boobs. Yeah. Um, it could have been more fun if it was just a boob show. Very much. Uh, it's, you know, it's not good enough to be, um, you know, a really strong, hard-hitting, tragic, post-apocalyptic film. But by the end of it, or maybe for me, I think it's the reverse. I think it was like by the time they got to the monastery, yeah, I was kind of like, all right, all right, I gotcha, I gotcha. Like I fell into the groove. You had you had a good feel for it. You, I did. You yeah, I was like, okay, so now something's gonna happen, and we're gonna move on. And something else is gonna happen, and you know. um, I really liked the. I, and I don't know where they filmed. I want to say Belgium, but I'm not sure. But, like, they got some really good locations out of this. It, I can say that. I mean, it it didn't, like I said, it didn't look bad. Mm-hmm. Like, they're filming outside a lot, but then yeah. whenever they're inside, they're in the, you know, like we said, this kind of crazy uh, artificial plant sauna and this monastery that has a hot tub. But other than that, it looks pretty cool. Yeah, I mean, it does hot look pretty cool. really cool, but... Um, you get like he gets to that like warehouse where the guy falls on very well placed spikes. Yeah, um, I do remember that. That like, kind of abandoned warehouse is really neat. Like it's, and I even wonder if like the director had locations before he had a film, maybe, mm-hmm. or before he kind of completely had it laid out. He knew like, okay, I'm gonna get some time in a warehouse. What could I do here? Uh, it it almost flows better than the narrative itself in a way. Yeah. Um. So. In a weird way, I, yeah, I, I enjoyed it, but it took me some time to understand what I was watching. Yeah, to get to that point. Yeah. And what I did was when it was over, I realized, I'm like, I still don't really understand 
what happened in the beginning. So then I actually went back and watched like the first five minutes again, and it was like, nope, nope, they definitely don't explain anything. Yeah, no, it doesn't go. It doesn't retrace its steps to yeah. you know tie everything together. They show footage of planes. They show him with all these like dot matrix printers, and then there's the corpse and stuff, and there's shaving cream food. Uh, but it's definitely like you. You know, because I think I might have, like, as soon as I started watching it, maybe I was 10 minutes in, I'm like, I don't know what's going on. Let me look this up. And I was getting some descriptions of, like, post-apocalypse. But I'm like, wait, but did I miss something? Like, where is that? It's not really in here. But uh, in a way, maybe that's uh, to its own. Maybe it's trying to to make us think, Christine. I inferred that. Oh, my headset just fell off. Settle down. I inferred that it was post-apocalyptic. Yeah. Maybe I just connected dots that weren't there, though. You connected dot matrixes? Ah! Matrices? Yeah, you did. Ba-ding! Boom. Ba-dum-bum-bump. Um, yep. I don't really remember what the music was in this one. I feel like it must have had a lot of music. Oh, I, re- I remember. I guess I did, but I couldn't tell you at this point. I feel like it had to because there was so much... I was watching this, like, on my computer with my headphones in, because Brandon had, like, wrestling on, I think, in the background. And so it was a lot of, like, I could take my headphones off a lot and watch what he was watching, because I yeah. wasn't missing anything, because there was no dialogue. Mm-hmm. Uh, but now, do you call this movie sleazy? Yeah. Now, if you took out the mess mesh, is it still sleazy? Yes. Okay. Yeah. So it's an important... Uh, I mean, if it's sleazy with the mesh, then it's sleazy without that's it. That's fair. That's fair. Yeah, it's... It, it is also, again, a sleazy film, but there is a heavier weight to it. And I don't really... Again, it's... I, I looked up the director. I, all of his films are Belgium or French or, or Euro-Danish. I don't know what country these are happening in. Mm, Danish. But... Oh, now I'm hungry. But IMDb does that and really annoying thing with um, films, and I don't know why they don't just put the. It's it's an English website. I'm looking at it in English. Why would you not give the English alternate English title with all these foreign titles? So I have no yeah. idea what else he made. If it's anything that I can track down, uh, I'd be interested in seeing more, either about this film or from this director, just out of sheer curiosity. Like, yeah, I guess so. I mean, was this somebody who worked, you know? He, I mean, he has... A, okay, looking at his uh, thing, he's got right, a lot of... He's Okay, let me go through his filmography. Het Nashville, Merleton, Ernest Claes, yep. De Turgel Groschk, De Aardwolf, De Afterman, Groepreskelen, Burkhanskel, Blue Belgium, Fleury, and... Ready? Most exciting one. Uh, 2005's Afterman 2. What the fuck? Uh-huh. Are you kidding me? I, re- I had heard that this was a thing, but I don't know if it exists in any way that anybody can actually see. Mm-hmm. Um, I okay. want to watch it. Okay, okay. Here's the, here's the IMDb featured user review for the Afterman 2. Laughable, but will it become cult? Okay, this is uh, written by Trash Gang. I have met Rob Van Eyck twice at conventions, and I must say that he was always pissed and proud. Oh, okay. And I guess when he's making flicks, it's the same story or when writing them. This is utterly trash, but you can easily see that he wanted to make a flick like in those old days. 
Uh, so apparently there is an Afterman too. Uh, I don't know if it's available anywhere. Um, ooh, okay. His film, The Ardwolf, is apparently a horror film. So I need to track that down. Ooh, I would see that. Right? Yeah, right. I'm, I'm looking at the review that you're looking at now and like... Yeah. I mean, it's what? not... And who knows... There's a bit if, of women in prison. If, if there was dialogue, who knows how it would play. Um... But considering what you're watching, it's not the worst directed film I've ever seen. He makes really good use of space and of his setting, and I respect that. The lead actor to me in this is in... I just don't really understand what he's doing, because I never know if he's supposed to be, like, an innocent or what. But I actually yeah. like the actress. Um, we'll call her Lady McBeardy. Um, Lady McBeardy. Lady McBeardy. I think she manages to... Uh, be a person and express something without ever having to speak. Like I, I liked what she was doing. Yeah, she was fine. Yeah. Uh, it, you know, and this is just—it's such an odd film that it is. Yeah, it's, and I'm—I can't think of anything useful to compare it to because it is. You have this very heavy exploitation element folded in with an art house film. Neither of which ends well, up it's fully. With a happy ending. With a happy ending, yeah. Like a really sweet, like. I don't know. Yeah. It's confusing. Well, like, what is, ending. what is the thesis statement of this movie? Right, because it's, it, it's sort of just like a journey of an innocent coming into this world and mm, getting attacked, man, and having to kiss a butt statue and. Falling yep. in love and getting tempted away and then falling back in love. Aw. Right? I mean, it's like the story of everybody's, yeah. uh, you know, I won't say it's my... Uh, we know, can all relate to it. We, we all can. It's all we're saying here. So do you have more to say or should we uh, give it a little rating? We can relate to this. Every one of us. Every one of us is the Afterman. Um, or maybe the Afterman too. I, maybe that's the point of the movie. Or is everyone the kale farmer? I wish. Mm-hmm-hmm. Or are um, we all just a butt statue waiting to be kissed? See, we, there's a little bit of us in all of these characters. You the can say anal that. rapist. Yeah. The monk. Mm. Yeah. We can rate it. <laughs> all right. So, uh, quality of film. I guess I, I'll go first. You went first last time. Hell. Why did I say that? I have no idea how good this movie is. Uh huh. Uh-huh. All right. What did I say? Okay. Uh. Okay. Just quality of film. I'm gonna go straight down the middle and say five. Quality of film five. Yeah. Boy. Quality of film. Quality of film. Four. Okay. I support that. Do you like how sometimes I say it like a question? Yes, yes, I do. Four. Um, Now, enjoyment of life. I enjoyed this one. I ultimately got more out of this than I realized I was getting out of it. Oh, well, that's good. How is that for deep? My enjoyment of life on this one, 6.75. Fuck you. Are you serious? Fuck me indeed. Yeah, I'm going with it. Wow. It was unlike anything else, um, and 
it didn't bore me the way Beyond the Darkness did. Beyond the Darkness did bore me. It dragged. It found things grosser and more interesting than I did. This one, it would drag here and there. I mean, the sex scenes all didn't have to be 35 minutes each. Um, It's true. But because I had no idea what was coming next, I was still intrigued enough where I'm like, okay, something's going to happen at some point once these two finish what they're doing. I am standing by my 6.75, damn it. All right, 4.5 for me. That's fair. And we should say, I can't, you don't know who did Beyond the Darkness. Do you recommend it was? And I feel terrible for not remembering. I, I, I really don't know. Okay, I know this one was a uh, Sammy pick from the Gentleman's Guide <gasps> in that cinema. Was it? Yeah, I totally thought it was Loaf from Sylvan Gold because he I was, was kind enough to provide like an Alex, Alex movie. And to it make. totally feels like a Sylvan Gold movie too. Um, yeah. But this is uh, this is the Samurai, and I'm very curious to know. Uh, oh, Sam. Yeah, why this was his sleazy pick. Sammy, Sammy, Sammy. What's Sammy, your relationship Sammy. with this film? I do. I want to know. I want to know more. Uh, the movie is not that easy to find. Um, no. So Somebody far. give it to us. I mean, if, if you know the right people, you might be able to find it. That's all we're saying. Uh, and again, I am really curious if, if people have seen it, what they think about it. Uh, because it really is just so bizarre that please come to our Facebook page. We have a Facebook group, The Feminine Critique. Come there and share with us what you think. Yeah. Won't you? Won't you? Now, before we go. Please do. Go? Go? But You said please do. I said before we go. And you're like, go. Oh. What? We have stuff to do. We have stuff to finish up here, miss. Okay, I didn't do anything. Yes, yeah, what's exactly. up? Exactly. All right, so what do we we have two things to do before we close up here, before we yeah, uh, fold up, iron our mesh shirts and uh, our hot pants. Uh, Netflix recommends. We before we always first? give a recommendation of things that are on instant watch. Christine, what uh, would you like to recommend to the fine listeners this week? You stole my thunder a little bit on this one. Uh-oh. But I would like to recommend the Wet Hot American Summer show. Oh. I didn't really like the movie that much, but the show's fucking killing me. It's so good. It's so good. Did you finish it? Um, I think we have three left. We watched oh a lot of it the first time we put it on. Did you watch Electricity to to- yet? Did you see the actual Electricity? Yes! Oh my god, it was so good. Well, we've seen, we've seen like... No, I don't know if we've seen the actual performance, but we're, like, deep into it. So okay. there's whole songs and stuff now. Yeah. But the Electricity Show episode is probably my favorite of the bunch. Okay. I don't know if I've... Maybe that's the next one? I have to look. I think that was, like, five, maybe, or six. I thought... Yeah, I think we're, next one might be six. Okay. Or seven okay. for us. Okay. I, who okay. can say? Who can All say? Right. No one wants to hear us talk about what episodes we might have watched. Um, <laughs> yeah, but I really like it. I feel like... Um, the, the movie, while funny, and it is admittedly funny, and, like, I don't know. Like, I think I am Janine Garofalo's character. I think I, like, I have a real... I, I have think a I'm real... Amy Poehler's character. Yeah, I could yeah. see that. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Who's also wonderful. But, like, of course, that, that movie's funny, and I love everybody in it. Like, I love those people, obviously. Well, and it's but... so amazing that you have... Like, you think in 2001, like, for some of them, it, like, it was, like, one of Bradley Cooper's first movies. Yeah. 
and you get that cast. And look at how many of people in that cast went on to be major comedic stars. Yeah, it's awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, you know there is a documentary on Netflix too about the making of the film. Yeah, I haven't seen that. Yeah, yet. I haven't I watched it yet. Watch it. You, though. I hear it's funny. Mm-hmm. I think, and I think it's all like Cult of Muscle was just talking about it on their sleazy summer episode that it's like all footage of them in two thousand and one. So it's all like youngins when they're babies. Yeah, I, I would, I'd be interested. Like, because I, I guess for me, there's something about the f- format of the movie. It feels jumbled. It feels like it doesn't maybe flow as well as I would want. Interesting. But like the show. It's not that at all. Any concern or gripe I might have had is just, it's not there with the with the show. It's so pacey, and they the, each episode is structured really well, so you yeah. get to spend time with the different storylines and the different characters, and you never feel like too much attention mm-hmm. is being paid to one thing over another. And what's impressive, like I watched it, I guess over the course of two weeks, and I was never um, once like confused of oh, which storyline is this? Or, like, wait, where were these characters when I last saw them kind of thing? Like, it did a really... It's almost like it learned from the models of other Netflix shows, which is a different way of doing a show. When you know that people are going to watch 10 episodes in a row, you have to kind of write it differently than if you're, you know, doing it for, you know, half a year on cable but at the yeah. same time, like, some people like me don't usually watch it five in a row. They're going to watch them every few days. And this, and I don't know exactly what it was, if it was just, like, a really good pacing of, like, they charted which characters are in which episodes really well. It's got to be something like that, because it really feels very deliberate, but in, like, the best possible way. Right. And even, like, Bradley Cooper fil- apparently filmed all of his scenes in one day. Mm-hmm. And if you don't know that, you don't at all think that or notice that. Yeah. It doesn't feel jarring of, like, they've just inserted him in places or anything like that. Like, it's just, it, it, it's a re- it was done really smartly. And, I mean, I watched the movie so, so many times in college. We used to recite it and shout it at people. Um, so I'm... I don't know if I knew this about you. Oh, yeah. It was a big, uh... It was a a big college watch for me. Um, Interesting. Now, that, funny enough, brings me to my Netflix recommend. Because also, having watched Wet Hot American Summer, the series, it uh, kind of made me think, you know, if you watched this and enjoyed it, you know what everybody should watch that I don't think everybody did watch. And I talked about it a couple of weeks ago. Um, David Showalter, Michael Wayne, David Wayne, Michael Showalters, they came together. Which was the sort of, uh, basically it's them doing you, what you talked about this summer. already? I did a couple of weeks ago. I just said, like, it was one of those, what I've been watching. Um, but this was their parody of romantic comedies. Yeah, I don't remember. With Amy Poehler and Paul obviously. Uh, Michael Shannon shows Yeah, I had heard. Oh, fun. I didn't I hadn't heard much positivity behind this. It was one of those movies and I've only seen it the one time, but I found is it took me like a little longer to get the humor in a way. Like it it's yeah. a, it's really oddly toned humor and oddly paced humor because it will go from kind mm-hmm. of like really easy gag to kind of long drawn out gag. Um 
But, like, the more I watched it, mm-hmm. the funnier I found it. And I have a feeling when I go back to it, I'm going to find it much funnier than I did the first time. It's a really good cast. And it's really? Many, it's many of their people again. So uh, Chris Maloney is in it, and he's really funny. Uh, oh, that's fun. Yeah, so it's on Netflix. I recommend it highly. Um, Bill Hader is in it. Um Oh, love, love, love her. In it, whatever her name is. Adorable little Kimmy Schmidt. Uh, it's it's funny. And it's strange, but it's... I feel like if you're still on that Wet Hot American Summer High and you kind of, like, want more of that, I think this is a really good answer to that. Oh, way to tie it together today. Yeah, you know, what can I say? I'm, uh... I, I may not know my Tarkovsky, but uh, I can string together dumb comedies well. Yay. Yay! And that's why I love you. Yeah. Now, Christine, what uh-huh. are we, while well, I'm trying to draw this out because I wanted to look up and forgot that I wanted to look up the other podcasts that are participating in Sleazy Summer. So, so I'm talk really slow. It's really hard for me. I've never been good at that. What okay. are yeah. we covering? Yes. What? Yes. On the next episode. Next episode. Episode. Yeah, episode. It was your we turn. We are covering. Uh-huh. I'm picking both of them. You You've are. You've been so gracious to allow me to pick both of them. It only seemed fair. Because I said, hey, do you mind going to the movie theater in order to um, have this next show? And you were all like, psh. Yeah, whatever. I'll go. So, I hope you're a lady of your word, because mm. I would like to cover 2000's The Gift and oh. 2015's oh. The Gift. Oh. This episode is a gift. What a generous <laughs> episode you're programming. <laughs> oh, wink. I've, I've never seen this Kate Blanchett movie, and uh-huh. I like her. It's a Sam Raimi movie, directed I by Sam Raimi, and he had just watched Darkman. Uh, we have, right? yeah. I thought I said something wrong. Okay. We had just seen Darkman, and then because of Darkman, I watched Drag Me to Hell. So um, Zach and I started talking about this movie, which I haven't seen, which has the craziest cast. Um, and also, I've heard really bizarrely great things about this new um, movie, The what, Gift, I with Jason Bateman. this new movie actually... Oh, this is a Jason Bateman one. Okay. But it's... And, like, Rebecca Hall is in it, and hmm. what's his name? Um, but really, people have been, like, really talking it up. Okay. Yeah, I know it's, very it's, little about it, other than that it kind of seems to be a bit of a sleeper. It seems to be getting... Is this really true? Or is IMDb a big fat liar? It's written and directed and starring Joel Edgerton... Do I know who that is? I know who that is, but I don't know who that yeah, is. Yeah, it's that and, guy with that face. Well, that you know, face can be a lot of faces. What else do he's you mean? The, he's the guy. He's in, well, I know him from The Thing. He's in Warrior as well. Let me know. Let me, let me know what else he's in to which, tell you. Uh, which step-up movie was he in? Um, Zero Dark Thirty. Nope. Is a movie that I saw. That you saw. Um, burlesque. Is. is he in Burlesque? Is- He's in. He's the man in the thing remake. Okay. He's in. He's in Animal Kingdom. Kingdom, another movie that I have seen. Is he in any movie but with a talking animal? Was he in Monkey Trouble or Airbud? Apparently, he's in The Odd Life of Timothy Green. 
Okay. Was he in by any chance um, um, uh, Showgirls? Anything by Paul Hurt? Kind of handsome. But when he's when he's photographed straight on, he has a smush face. Hmm. He is also Australian. So was he in Ozzy, the movie about the talking koala bear? Yes, he was the koala bear. He he played the koala bear. Okay, I got it. Oh yeah, he's yes. adorable. Yeah. But yeah, I didn't know he wrote and directed it. Well. Okay, now I get to picture so, an adorable koala bear holding uh holding the the megaphone and saying, "Do that again." I Right? It's going to be a fun one. Yeah, yeah. that's going to be fun for you. Yes. But I think that the, that is two things that I wanted to see and talk about. All right, we're going to see and talk about them then in a couple of weeks. Um, Fantastic. To sum up, oh good, I don't think I forgot anybody. Okay, so the other shows that you can listen to. Now, the um, as I said, the Cult of Must, all of them, if you just kind of type in what I'm saying in your iTunes podcast, Apparoo, Beyond the Pod, whatever you use to listen to podcasts, people, okay? We all have our own technology. Um, here are a few. Silva and Gold. I, I know they're doing Blood yep, Games. No, I don't those know guys. else, but that's exciting. Married with Clickers released one already. They released Maniac. Um, and you get to hear Scott do the best opening Cruel Summer theme song you've ever heard. It's like Pepe Le Pew on crack. It's amazing. Oh, uh, boy. Gentleman's Guide to Midnight Cinema. Uh, the Cult of Muscle, as I said, I know we'll be doing Patrick Still Lives, which was my pick. The Trashy Trio, I believe they just released one of their episodes. Uh, Hammockus, that's with an H. Ha! That's in Hammockus. Uh, and us, the Feminine Critique. So all of those podcasts are going to be doing some... That's us! Some good sleazy fun, so check them out, folks. Um, thank you for listening. Please visit our Facebook page, join our group, have fun! Talk to people. Make friends. Right? Do do it up. And um, also remember that just because you've been living in a bomb shelter for many years does not mean you should run and greet the first group of people you see because they might actually be rapists. Right? Oh, you never know these days. Just keeping you safe, folks. Just keeping you safe. You got to be careful. We apologize again for the opening theme song, by the way. I think it's great. No need to apologize. That's fair. Uh, make it your ringtone. Oh, God. That'll be a great way to make <laughs> friends on the bus. Uh, <laughs> and on that note, I guess we say goodnight? Yeah, goodnight and stuff. And stuff. Though the sun may be dawning, you're the one that lights the Keeps me high as can.
Sing 